We all love a rags to riches story. A good old-fashioned one was the Beverly Hillbillies. And uh, if you're a bit younger than I, uh, it was a show when there was some farmers in America struck oil and uh, they made a lot, a lot of money and moved to Beverly Hills. And it was uh, it was a funny, funny story. So we're going to talk about it because we've got our very own people in the Northern Beaches that were on farms in Warrywood and things like that that have made a lot of money. Let's chat about it. Stay tuned. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Minutes. Myself, Michael Berger, Mark Novak, episode 471 from Rags to Riches, Property, Northern Beaches. Um, I don't think there's probably been any bigger change to a suburb to when Warrywood was rezoned. I know DY's had a big facelift with their master plan. Um, but I think it would be very hard to beat the dramatic change. Um, and it was probably more so of a change because it went from larger bo- blocks of land, farmland, agriculture, to units, townhomes, um, and a lot of newer properties. So, Mark, let's talk about it because there are talks. It's in the works for another suburb, another couple suburbs of the northern beaches what does it all mean? Burge, I think we're twinning today. In what way? I'm getting I'm getting this a lot lately, man. I'm getting I'm getting a lot of pressure. Now we've got the same colour tie on. How much orange we got Oh, we're twinning and the, the facial hair and yeah, it's uh, we're twinning. So you're not seeing double everyone. Just just so you know, if it's a if it's yeah. a crazy if it's coming off a hangover Saturday morning, um, yeah, mate, very interesting because it's a beautiful, beautiful story that these guys endure. They work for twenty. They they buy farms. They work for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, sometimes 50 years. They work like dogs. They bring up their kids, their family. They're on the farm seven days a week. They're in the markets at 4 o'clock in the morning selling their, their cucumbers, their tomatoes. They're building that. They get bloody devastated by hail. Hail comes and breaks all the glass houses and they have to replace all the glass. They, you know, they get worms, they get pesticides, they get all this shit happening in their lives and there's a big light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, so to go through, just bring up, there was, um, and what we're talking about with the Brookvale Master Plan from lands went to basically R3 zoning. So there was a big push 20, well, there still is 30 years ago for a higher density of housing on the northern beaches. So they you said started. Brookvale? No, um, I said a high push. Warrywood. Warrywood, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so with Warrywood, they changed to R3 zoning, which. You go from having a couple acres to now being able to do a lot of apartments there. But um, 
let's talk about how that would be for a homeowner because you, they're not net, they bought in an area which didn't have units and now there's the good and the bad. And what I mean by that is, yes, it's great that their property is worth more money now because it goes from a farm to a development site. But as you said, Mark, they've been doing that for 50 years, sometimes 100 years. Their family's been on a farm with horses and they're faced with either two options. They sell, cash out, or they want to stay there because it's their family property, but they're going to have units all around them. It's not going to be the same. So it's a. I think it's a bittersweet. Don't get me wrong. Some of the blocks have gone from worth a couple hundred grand to 10, 15 mil. Um, but these days in Sydney, to replicate what someone has in Warriwood and Ingleside would be very, very difficult. Like where could you find... 30,000, 40,000 square metres that close to the beach. So um, it's a tough one. It's very emotional whenever we've done deals with landowners there. We've been probably one of the most active agents um, on both sides of the journey. And like Mark, talk us like some of the families there. One of our colleagues got a street named after him because the family's heritage is sort of back there, Boobalo. Yeah, that was my mother's maiden name um, as well. The, um, there's a lot of uh, – and you know what? Uh, people are seeing the byproduct at the end, so I, I sort of I, – I just got to stress to people that everyone's looking for the latest and greatest deal to make money and to develop property and to get in and, and get these zoning changes. These guys have waited for sometimes 30, 40, 50 years, and – and the biggest thing is the intention of when they bought these blocks of lands, these five-acre blocks, these three-acre blocks. They never actually – they never intended for them to be subdivided fast. They always intended for them to be farms. So it's really funny that the people with the intentions of not making gazillions of dollars that yes. have this incredible patience of 30, 40, 50 years ended up making the money because often the, the sort of bloodsuckers that go, I want to get in, I want a subdivision, I want to triple in value, I want to get out. It's a pretty hard gig. Yeah, and it, to be honest, it almost never happens because there's no yeah. – Councils don't rezone effectively. Like it doesn't matter. Like the amount of times I've had um, streets come to me, like we got ten houses, we want to go for a rezone. It's like that doesn't happen. Council don't do that here. Maybe some areas that do, or it's always been a myth. But effectively, what the zoning is, the zoning is, and it doesn't matter if you got one house or a hundred houses together. They rarely look to reconsider that. And you're spot on there. Like the people who bought in Warriwood. 50, 30, 100 years ago, it was never their intention. It was money. It was always lifestyle. And I think that's where we always tick off. We always say to people, if you're buying for lifestyle, don't worry about anything else. And what happens, happen. Property growth will happen. Maybe the area will change because if you're buying it there for lifestyle, maybe many people will buy there for lifestyle. And as things change, things change. Um, and, and you did and yes. These guys were Italian background, they were Croatian background, they were Serbian background. I've got a bit of reverb coming back, Michael. I don't know if you can turn that down a bit. Um, but they they, they, were, they were from these heritages. But what's really interesting is they always came from that. So, so 
when they were really, really like growing up and their parents, their parents were farmers as well. So they naturally came to this country to the farming thing again. Very interesting. Yeah, it is. So, and let's talk about, you wanted to say the hillbilly analogy is not as an insult. It's more you're taking, especially when we're going to be talking about Ingleside here with a new article, you're taking blocks of land that were worth maybe a million and it could be worth 10, 20. So it's more that transition from a price level to another price level with change. Well, I'm, I'm talking about my family here. Yeah. I'm talking about my own family. Like this is, it's a beautiful story. Um, the Beverly Hillbillies, I'm getting really bad reverb, sorry, mate. The Beverly Hillbillies in um, America was a raging television show because these guys like were like billionaires today, millionaires back then. Mm. And the irony of this show was they never changed. So they didn't change their clothes. They didn't change the way they spoke to each other, the way they spoke to anyone. Uh, no matter how much uh, wealth creation they'd done by, by striking oil. And that was the funny part of the show. And that, that's what we're saying about the hillbilly. Because my late uncle, I remember, um, had a couple of farms. Mm. And he sold uh, quite a few farms, and he sold um, one of them for in the order of six to nine million. This is about fifteen years ago, maybe even twenty years ago. And he rocks up, and he mum, my mum's his sister, and he goes, you know, he's there, and he's we're sitting on the balcony. He goes, yep, sold the farm. Always wanted to buy a new truck, always. <laughs> yes. And then mum, and then mum goes, oh, that's great. So you know, you but what do you need a new truck for? You don't have the farm anymore to you know to use the truck with and he goes mm. doesn't matter always wanted a new truck we're like where's the new truck and he points at the front of our house and there's mm. like a 19 year old ute at the front of the house truck yeah. and mum's going that's not new he goes yeah the other one was 30 35 years old this one's 18 19 years old that's my new truck it was just it. it's so just that beautiful beautiful modest story you know that yeah, yeah. love it so what does this mean for ingleside they're planning two and a half thousand new homes potentially 980 brand new ones built south side of mona vale so it's big and obviously this is off well from a from just a prop we need like regardless of the changing and how you feel about development Northern Beaches in Bayview, Mona Vale, Newport, which is the suburbs below, has had 35 to 40% growth in the last 12 months. So the demand there is huge. And it's almost like you need more properties to slow the demand down because 40% growth in a year is not sustainable. It's almost crazy. We laugh, we smile. But it's crazy. You, and we're not talking about homes that cost 200 now going to 800. We're talking about homes that were like 1.7 now, mid twos. Like it was already in Sydney point of view, very high. And now, so from that point of view, there's huge, they, they need this. It's almost like increasing interest rates to slow the market down. There's just, there's yeah. a lot of people wanting to move in. The biggest developer in Australia, Harry Trickerboff of Meriton, always goes on. His number one pitch is affordability. And affordability is you supply more units, 
the cost of units becomes cheaper. You don't supply any unit, the cost of units becomes exorbitant. So it's the same philosophy here with with Ingleside. It's, believe it or not, yes, they are going to be selling for a lot of money, but it just brings affordability in, not just for Ingleside, but it actually takes the, releases the pressure valve off a little bit for the whole region. Yeah, don't, and that's where some people get confused. It's like, oh, there's still be huge money. Yes, but then it's still, as you said, instead of having now 20 people compete at an auction of one property, there'll be five people because there's new one. It gives it the stability. Don't get me wrong. We're always going to hit new levels in property prices, but it gives it that stability because yeah. some people, they sort of get confused. Like, oh, new developments, they're all, they all come on so expensive. But, yeah, but then it le releases the pressure on the older units, which then you can buy. People think the brand new ones are supposed to be cheaper than the older ones. They come on the market. It's not how it works as well. And they're doing a $140 million upgrade on the road as well. There's a lot happening up there. It's massive. So Ingleside, guys and girls, is the one to keep out for. That's where there's going to be new land subdivisions. I wouldn't. I, I think if you're going to be waiting to upgrade your home rather than doing your home where you are, consider buying a block of land and doing and building a brand new home in a place like Ingleside. Warrywood did really well from it as a result. Um, we've got some comments here as well. No, no, I just posted the link to the article that stemmed our, stemmed our conversation. Yeah, so check that article out. But, mate, it's, it's, it's all good news. And, and it's great news for the old farmers and those people that are, um, that are in, that, in that neck of the woods that, are, that have been farming for a very, 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 very long time. Yeah. And if you're up there, don't rush. A lot of master plan takes many years to happen. So my biggest advice is don't sell. Don't rush to sell. Just hold. If you wanted to move, keep the property and go lease somewhere. Some people rush into a development deal and then they just get burnt because council, look at French's Forest, guys. It was supposed to be done 10 years ago. Keeps dragging on. You do not have to be the first. That's all I can advise. You've owned it for 10, 20, 50 years. Why do you have to be the first to sell? Once it changes, it's not going anywhere. So relax, embrace it. Um, if you did, if you were looking for a, a change, there's no harm in leasing that property out and you go rent somewhere because there could be a gold mine at the end of the tunnel, but it could be two years away, it could be 10 years. That's the whole big thing there. Whenever you hear a timeline, ignore it. It never really works out. So just... It's a good point. America yeah. was like that in DY and Warrywood was like that. French's Forest, Brookvale, they're all like that. So it's great news, but also get involved. You can put comments in, um, especially if your block maybe is missing out. Like you don't want to ignore it. Then they release the final version and your block is not included and you're like, shit, what could I have done? And you could have been sending emails, pro basically protesting and negotiating to have your block included or not included in the change. Um, maybe I get a few neighbours together and make the argument because these blocks could go from, you could go from a $4 million property to a $30, $50 million property. And that's not a stretch of the imagination how big these blocks are. Most of them typically up there. So yeah, speak with us, speak with an agent, get some advice. Don't go in blind. Um, and also, 
be mindful to, I would definitely speak to someone like us before you enter a deal with a developer um, because I find a lot of the time they're, they're, um, they're hunting around now trying to tie up owners in long option agreements at a price which would probably be in their favour because you you wouldn't have the information or knowledge and they're sort of they're taking a risk but I also see they generally have bigger upshot because they can always walk away from the deal but if they end up getting triple the amount of homes they could build on it your price doesn't go up so um, speak with yeah, agents it's, ca speak with it's casino real estate it, if you want to do an option of three years or five years it's you might as well go to the casino it's casino real estate it's a it's a punt for a seller and it's a punt for a buyer don't recommend it six-week settlement but michael just to highlight what you've just said 41 warrywood road owners came to us with an offer of 10.6 million we said maybe there's more out in the market we got them after our fees two million clear more as a matter of fact we almost got a million dollars out of their buy that was that was already on the property you then the people the people next door decided that i think it was 45 warrywood road decided not to use us not to use an agent they sold for 13.3 ish dollar million dollars and guess what happened the next buyer gave it to Michael Bergio, this guy here, and he sold it for 16 point something million dollars, $3 million more within 12 months. So yeah. they did not use an agent. They sold it for circa 13. The new buyer used an agent, did nothing, same property, circa 16. That is yeah. the difference. Huge. Don't gamble with your own money. Use a pro to sell your big asset. Yeah, because it's not always about the price as well, Mark, isn't it? It's about the terms and the strength of the buyer, and an agent will know that more so than a, a, an owner. So that's key, yep. but that's yep. a good point. And that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. See you later.